Good morning. Welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church. This is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Join us today as we worship the Lord. Thank you, Ellen, and good morning once again. We're glad that you're here, and I'll be available in the vestibule. If you're a guest, I'd love to meet with you and talk with you and get to know you a little bit better after the service today. I want to echo what Ellen has said about our need for RA leadership on Wednesday nights. Uh, I feel passionately about this and would love for some men in our church to step up and to invest some time and energy and prayer into some young men in our church to help guide them and direct them and to teach them uh, in the ways of Christ. And um, I would love to help you if you're interested in slightly, if you're interested at all in this, I'd love to talk with you. And I know Ellen would as well. And we can explain more about what that would look like on Wednesday nights. But I would love for a couple of men in our church to to take that on as a passion and as something that they would love to do. And so uh, it doesn't require a great deal of time for you, 45 minutes on Wednesday night, some preparation, uh, but talk with us about that and pray about that, if you will, because we really need someone very soon for that. Over the next month, we will be having an emphasis on prayer in our services. We pray every time we gather. hope that never stops. But we're going to be looking a little bit deeper into prayer and this connection that you and I have to the creator of the universe, to the one who created us and made everything that we see, um, all the things in nature. And so I'm looking forward to this. And as a call to worship this morning and to get us moving in that right direction, our call to worship is a prayer this morning. So would you join me now in prayer? God, we have assembled as your people, coming each as the unique individuals that you have made us to be. But Lord, we as one body. We dedicate this time to you. As you have invited us to pray, we come asking. As you have invited us to pursue you and your will, we come seeking. As you have invited us into your presence, we come knocking. Speak, O Lord, and help us to grasp your plans for us as we come listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Our hymn is number 280, hymn number 280, Speak, O Lord. If you are able, please stand and join in singing, 280.
as you're putting your hymnal down, uh, keep it handy on hymn number 381. At the conclusion of my pastoral prayer, I invite you to join with me as we will be saying the Lord's Prayer together. We need to be in prayer for uh, Elizabeth Pack and family, but her father passed away this last week in Winston-Salem. That funeral was yesterday there in Winston, and we want to be in prayer for Elizabeth. We also want to remember Sarah Anthony, who has been in the hospital and who is struggling at this time to recover uh, from a fall and some other things, and so we want to be in prayer for Sarah. We also have many others on our prayer list that you may be mindful of uh, this morning, but also some who may not be on our prayer list who are on your hearts and minds today. We're going to be doing some creative things with prayer over the course of the month of September. We have some big things, exciting things coming up and happening in the life of our church, and prayer is of utmost importance as we move forward. Many times, I think you would echo my sentiments in that we try to do so much on our own, and a lot of times, and for the, for the Lord, and a lot of those things are good things, but in the end, we only get what we can what we can get and what our abilities and talents and resources can do. And so our need for prayerful dependence upon God to move within us and within uh, his work here at Boiling Springs Baptist is absolutely essential as we begin to move forward in ministry this fall. So at the conclusion of my prayer, uh, I'll invite you to join with me in the reading of our Lord's Prayer. And then also before we pray just now at the beginning of our prayer time, I want to invite you uh, to spend just a moment, you may come in here today and, and finally have settled down from a busy morning and maybe some things are on your heart, a burden or just a, an issue, a problem, something that's going on. Or maybe you just want to give God praise. Maybe you've had a great week and uh, you just want to let him know how good he is and just praise him for who he is. Maybe you want to do that despite the week you've had. Um, but I want to give you a moment to do that. And as you do that, I also want to ask you, to pray for someone near you, maybe to your right or left, behind and front, but um, pray for someone uh, that's sitting near you, and then I will lead us in our prayer this morning. Let's pray together. God, how good it is to know that we can talk with the one who created humankind and the one who gives us such a beautiful world to live in. Many of us have seen different aspects of that this summer as we've traveled. But we thank you for the own beauty that we see outside of our doors. We thank you for pursuing us and calling us and including us in your kingdom work. God, in today's scripture text, we will read of one of the disciples asking on behalf of the others, Lord, teach us to pray. We also echo these words today as well, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray so that we may know your will and your ways. Teach us to pray so that we may be conformed to your likeness. Teach us to pray as we confess that we have much to learn in this area of prayer. God, you know us better than we know ourselves. Help us to come clean with you regarding the sin in our lives. Help us to confess our sins so that we may hear and respond to your forgiveness this morning. Speak, O oh Lord, in ways we need to be spoken to. Encourage those present today who come discouraged about life and present circumstances. Challenge those today, God, who come with a spiritual complacency. Move all here to a vibrant and growing faith. Comfort those who grieve this morning with the presence of your Holy Spirit. 
guide those who need direction regarding important decisions that must be made, and convict the hearts of all who have never placed their faith and trust in you for salvation. Bring healing to all who suffer physically this morning. God, we pray that you would stir the hearts of your people, not only here in Boiling Springs, but around the world. Remind us that you have called each one of us to use our gifts and our talents and our resources for the upbuilding of your kingdom. Bless all those who serve you here locally and those on foreign fields. Provide for their needs and bless them with fruitful ministries. And God, we close this prayer today with the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our hymn is number 694, Forgive Our Sins As We Forgive, 694. If you are able, please stand and join me in singing, 694. We have come to this part of our service when we have given the great opportunity, the great blessing, to give back to you what you have given to us. As we celebrate this weekend of labor, when we recognize that we all have worked and that we have a day set aside to acknowledge that, we pray that we will take the gifts that you have given us and give back to you so that your work may be spread throughout this community, throughout the world, and throughout 
our lives as we commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Our scripture today is taken from Luke 11, verses 1 through 13, and I'm reading from the Pew Bible, which is page 903. The words, I believe, will be on the screen as well. He was praying in a certain place, and when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his unopportune, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? May God add his blessings to the reading and our understanding and preaching of his word. Thank you, choir, for Melvin, for your reading. Thank you, choir, for a beautiful piece. Let me ask you this. Are you ready for some good news? Are you ready for some good news? The choir just shared some great news with you this morning in the fact that we can come to God just as we are and that he embraces us with open arms, just as I am. And really, to be honest, that's the only way we can come, right? How else could we come? God knows us. He knows our hearts. He knows if we're trying to put on pretense. But this morning we have some good news from Scripture. And as we find our way back to Luke 11.1, 1, let me first share some words of introduction. 
a little boy went with his dad to grab a sandwich for lunch one Saturday. They were working around the house, and so they decided to take a break and go get a sandwich in town, maybe the snack shop, I don't know. And the uh, father took the little boy and set him up on the stool there at the lunch counter, and they ordered their sandwich, and he just said, we're going to say a silent prayer today for our lunch. He bowed his head, the little boy, they both bowed their heads, and uh, the dad was done and he raised his head, and he noticed the little boy still had his head down for quite some time, and finally he raised his head, and the father said, what in the world were you praying about all that time? And with childlike innocence, the little boy said, I don't know, it was a silent prayer. (laughs) The opposite of a silent prayer is one where we cry out to God. I think you and I hopefully can all identify with that. Most of us in the room have lived long enough to have one of those prayers. Maybe you have one every week, I don't know. Story is told of a mom and dad who were at the pool And um, in the midst of the noise of lifeguard whistles and music and children screaming and running, the mom hushes the dad and says, hush. And he's like, what? She's She's like, be quiet. And they could hear, she could hear, the mom could hear her daughter screaming off in the distance. And she's like, wait a minute. And then she said, that's a, that's a happy scream. That's okay. And they went back to, went back to their activity. But it shows us in that example of the relationship of not only a parent and a child, but I would like to think that you and I can develop such relationship with our Heavenly Father that we can begin to hear, because it goes both ways. Not only did the mom hear the child, but I would bet that if the mom or dad began to speak loudly in the midst of the crowd, even though the young child may not see the parent, would know exactly who's speaking and exactly what they need to do based on the voice that they hear calling them. My hope and prayer for my own prayer life and for our church and for the church universal is that we can begin to hear God in such a way that when he speaks, whether it's in that still small voice or whether it's more directly, maybe through someone or through a circumstance, that we can begin to hear and that we can begin to understand what it is that God is saying to us. The great, big, holy, magnificent God of the universe knows you and me, and he desires to have that relationship. He desires that constant communication. Over the next few weeks in September, we'll be focusing on prayer, taking a look at some scriptures that will guide us uh, and tell us more about the importance of prayer in the life of the believer. A poll, a Gallup poll back in 1999 has told us, and it may be changed only slightly now, but I think this is still fairly accurate, that nine in 10 people, nine out of 10 people pray regularly. Out of those nine out of 10, 75% 75 of those pray daily is what we learn. However, most only pray for a few minutes and most do not find it at all that satisfying. Why is that? This is what the statistics said. One of the reasons it mentioned was advances in science and technology diminished our perceived need of prayer since medicine, doctors, and modern inventions are so easily accessible. Another reason it mentioned is prosperity enables us to circumvent prayer to the reliance upon our own talents and our own resources. So prosperity. And the last one is busyness, subtly squeezes God out of our daily schedule. 
When I first came into Boiling Springs, someone who I know and respect in the community was kind of giving me a good summary of, of not only Bowling Springs, but churches in the area. And one of the things that they said was, I'm talking about churches in general, is we don't see, one of the reasons we don't see a stronger move of God is we have resources, we have knowledge, we have um, the ability, and we know kind of when things begin to happen in our life, then we begin to kind of, we, we know how to begin to figure that out without God, if you will. It's like we're telling God in some ways, we got this. If things get real bad, we're going to look to you. But in the meantime, we got this. And that's a terrible thing to say. It's uncomfortable coming out of my mouth. But it's true. Is we, we live in this daily dependence upon and reliance upon the resources and skills that we have. And we know how to get things done. We're resourceful. We're smart people. Um, and we, we know how to begin to do that. And when things get real bad, when we've exhausted all other resources, we begin to go more fervently to God in prayer. I think God has placed it within us, and I think you would agree with this. If you, I think back to the Reformers and this idea of Imago Dei or the image of God. We have been created in the image of God. And so therefore, which bases on Genesis 1:27, I believe it is. And so therefore, there is within you and me a longing and a desire to connect with our Creator, uh, it's, it's said that 75% of this 9 out of 10 pray to God daily. And I think there's something in you and I that's born in us, that's innate in us, that we desire to connect and have a relationship with our Creator. Let's look at today's passage. Luke 11:1 1 is our focal verse this morning. It says, It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John also taught his disciples. Now at this point in Luke 11:1, the disciples had seen some stuff, okay? They've, they've seen some stuff. You go back four chapters, they've seen Jesus um, heal. They've seen a demoniac cured. They've seen that he's calmed the storms in the water. They've seen that 5,000 people were fed by five loaves and two fish. They've seen, some have, Peter, James, and John saw Jesus transfigured on the mount before them with Moses and Elijah. Now that is something. Um, if I had seen these acts, I would also have some questions. The disciples saw a connection between Jesus' power and his prayer, and they asked him the question, Lord, teach us to pray. In the Greek in this Verse first, there's a sense of urgency. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray now. We need this. And we see that as we look to the Greek text. But what's the motivation for the question? The disciples had obviously heard that John the Baptist had taught his disciples how to pray. And maybe they haven't heard exactly from Jesus what they had hoped to hear at this point. And so they said, Lord, teach us to pray. But I think there's something more here. I've heard it said that if we were to look to the Gospel of Matthew and read all the way through through the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John, we would not witness other questions of the disciples like, Lord, teach us to witness. Or, Lord, teach us how to do miracles. Or teach us how to, how to teach. But in this passage, we find one disciple coming to Jesus on behalf of the others saying, Lord, teach us to pray. And this question becomes extremely significant. What was the motivation, again, behind the question? Can you imagine, as I said earlier, walking with Jesus on earth 
and being one of his disciples and seeing the things that you've seen? Maybe you weren't one of his disciples, but maybe you were there when he healed the demoniac or maybe, and you know what he was like. Maybe you were there when he healed the man who was blind or mute. Maybe you were there and saw and witnessed Lazarus being raised from the dead. And you, can you imagine if, again, you weren't one of the disciples, but yet you went back to your family and began to tell them what you saw and what this man named Jesus did? And they would be like, a lot of us today, when we can't believe things that we hear, we're like, what? You know, I mean, can you imagine what it was like to walk with Jesus and to see these things and then for them to try to communicate it and explain it to others? It's just, it's, they're left with, there's a source of joy and a a source of a sense of bewilderment about all of that. It's like, you, you saw what? And he did what? When? How? You know, and you just, there's a little bit of maybe skepticism there if you were to hear about this secondhand. In Mark 4, 41, after Jesus calmed the storm, he said, who is this, or the disciples said, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I imagine they tried to explain Christ naturally. They said, well, he was educated this way. He was born this place. He, you know, Mary and Joseph. And they began to explain it naturally, but it still just didn't make sense to a lot of the people that, again, are hearing about these things secondhand. Furthermore, they had all the experience they had all experienced the emptiness of the religion of their day. And so through this, they're seeing something in Jesus. They're hearing his teachings and they're seeing what he's doing. And they're like, something special here. There's, there's something we need to know more about. And I believe that at this time at Luke 11, one, one disciple finally got the courage to go to Jesus boldly and say, Lord, teach us to pray. They noticed, and, and we notice as we read the gospels, don't we, that before Jesus chose the disciples, that before he uh, taught or after he had taught for a while, he would go away by himself. And they began to put the connection together. There has to be something about Jesus and his power and his authority and the way he teaches and the way he heals and the way he performs miracles. That is what? That is connected to his prayer life. They, they constantly saw in Jesus something that was a huge part of his life. What was it? And of course, prayer. But the Pharisees prayed. And, and, and so did the disciples. It wasn't just prayer, but it was the way he prayed. It was the way he prayed in relation to all that he was and all that he did and all that who he is in life and on earth. It was his manner and his attitude in prayer that saturated his total being and living. His every step and action that manifested the intimacy of his relationship with the dependence on the Father. Prayer was never just a religious responsibility for our Lord and Savior. It was not just an exercise that he engaged in because he was obligated to do so. Jesus was dependent upon prayer. He knew that he could do nothing without the Father. The disciples recognized that they could not be true disciples who became like their teacher unless they learned to pray. And finally, one of the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. In John 5, 19, Christ himself said, the son can do nothing apart from the father. The son can do nothing of himself. Jesus recognized, or we see Jesus's full humanity in the midst of his divinity in the garden of Gethsemane later in Luke twenty-two forty-two, Jesus was praying from his true self. Again, his humanity and his divinity were on full display. And he asked the father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. What an incredible example of gut-wrenching, honest communication with the Father. 
I came across a quote in preparation for this sermon. I'm not sure who it's attributed to. That says, one of the most important purposes in prayer may be to let our true selves be loved by God. Think how freeing that is, to let our true selves be loved by God in relationship to our prayer life. Let's take the real us before God when we pray. The more transparent and the more honest we are in our prayers, the more we will begin to experience a difference that we've never known in our prayer life. This happened for me probably several years ago. I don't know exactly at what point um, uh, or how old I was or how many years ago, but when uh, I was doing some of my own studying and reading on prayer, you know, we go for such a long time in our lives, especially maybe growing up, or many do, where you feel like there's certain things you can't say to God. I grew up in my home church, and I heard a lot of these and thous, and I would hear uh, the men of God, typically in my church, and I occasionally would hear the women, speak about... um, in such a way, it sounds like they were praying a King James prayer from the King James Bible, you know, with the thee and the thou and the thy father and the, the, the thys and all the words that they would use. And so as a young child, I thought, well, this must be how I need to pray. And of course, my prayer life did grow beyond that. I realized I didn't have to use those words, but it was several years, several years ago when I realized it's okay to be completely honest before God, to put my doubts out there, to let him know that I'm angry and I don't think you should have done these things this way, God. That didn't change who he was. It doesn't change his love for me, didn't change his plans uh, for, for my life. But yet I walked away from that prayer different than when I walked into that prayer. God desires honest communication. And I think this is a great example, again, of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knows what lies ahead of him. He knows the road that is, is just about to happen in just a few hours. He said, God, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. But nevertheless, as we prayed in a prayer earlier, yet not my will, but yours be done. The more transparent and honest we are in our prayers, it's here where we will see the greatest difference. And this has been true in my life. I think of, uh, as we uh, are in the midst of our honest prayers before God, I couldn't help this week but think of a quote by Tim Keller. Some of you may have heard this before. It says, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus than we ever dared hope. C.S. Lewis says, we must lay before him what is in us, not what ought to be in us. Let us lay before God what is in us and not what ought to be in us. Do we do that in our prayers? Do you do that in your prayers? Do we come before God acknowledging our humanity, acknowledging that we don't have all the answers, acknowledging that we're a little mad, to be honest, sometimes at things that happen within our world or maybe mad at God sometimes. The disciples saw in Christ's life not only prayer, but a prayer life demonstrated that was demonstrated by dependency and intimacy with the Father, unlike anything else they had ever seen. And they wanted to know the secret. And so they finally, one finally went to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Over the next several months, we're going to continue to to look at what that means. And Luke 11 gives us a great example of that. We have a shorter version of the Lord's Prayer here in Luke, and then we have a great example of persistence in prayer We have the scripture about asking, seeking, and knocking. And then we have the one about the good father. If 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 one who is evil knows how to give good gifts to his children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit 
to those who ask. We have much to learn. I still have much to learn on the subject of prayer. This last week, I was at Gardner-Webb most all day Thursday and Friday. And all day Thursday, on and off, I was using my computer on and off throughout the day. Friday morning, I turned my computer on for something very important and immediately pops up low battery. And I remember at that point, I did not plug my computer in at night. I got home and the computer sat and was not plugged in. So it did not receive the juice. It, did not be, it wasn't recharged as it should have been and it wasn't prepared for my use, for its use on Friday morning. At times, you and I are a lot like my laptop. We're guilty of serving out of our own strength. The weight of the world and the, the demands and circumstances in our world can weigh upon us and it can suck, in a sense, suck life out of us. And if we are not taking time to replug and to recharge, much like this computer needed that and I did not give it that, but you and I must take opportunities and must take time to recharge. We have one who has created us in his image. And if we are to be about his work and his will and his way in our lives, we must take time to spend with him in prayer. In the midst of that, I would propose to you, there's probably a whole other sermon here, that we, we begin to understand more about ourselves when we begin to understand and have that relationship and, and his presence is of, of greater effect in our life. We begin to understand truly who God has created us to be. I know that's true in my own life. When I've wondered what path, what direction that I should begin to go in life, the more time that I spent with God, the greater clarity I had in the answer to that question. As we, Boiling Springs Baptist Church, seek to be God's presence in our community, we must honestly plug in to our big and awesome and holy and all-sufficient Savior so that we can uh, be strengthened and guided to be the people that he's called us to be and to be about the things that he has called us to be about. There's a song that uh, I learned as a child. As I began to think about this morning, uh, how great and awesome our God is that we go to in prayer. I, I thought of this song. It went something like this, and forgive me for being childlike, but it, uh, oh, I shouldn't say that. That sounds terrible. Um, but it, the, the song went like this. It says, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. The mountains are his, the rivers are his. The stars are his handiwork too. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. I think about that song in relationship to our prayer life and to where we've been this morning. The disciples recognized there was something about Jesus and prayer. There was something about Jesus' power and something about Jesus' prayer that went together. They've seen a lot by Luke 11.1, 1, and they say, Lord, teach us to pray. I'm grateful that we can go to God with our honest and true selves, whatever that might look like for me, for you, and God loves us, he hears us, and his message of love, his message of grace, his message of forgiveness begins to speak to us in new and fresh ways. What other way can we go to God? than as our true selves. God desires for you to come to him today 
with your true self, whatever that might look like. We do a good job of putting on uh, and acting like everything's okay. But inside each of us, we're going through some things this morning. Mine may be different from yours, and yours may be different from the people to your right and to your left, but we're all going through something. I hope and pray that as we leave here today, we're reminded that we can come to God with our true selves. My hope and prayer for each of you this morning is that you've put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, that you can come to him just as the song said that was sung at many of Billy Graham crusades, just as I am. And really, that's the only way we can come. My hope and prayer is that this morning, if you've never come to know Christ, that you would come during our hymn of invitation. I would love to talk with you about that more than anything. If you're here today and you need to recommit or you need to make a new decision for Christ, the altar is open. If you're here today and desire church membership, I would love to talk with you more about that. Let's pray again. Oh God, thank you that whatever is going on in our lives, however we're feeling, and and, um, Lord, we can come to you with our honest and with our true selves. Remind us of that truth today, and Lord, help us not only today, but in the coming days and in the coming weeks to come to you honestly. And Lord, as we do, you're going to do some incredible things in our lives of which we are unaware. Help us to do that individually, but help us also to do it collectively for our church and our community and our world. Oh God, thank you for your awesome and your great love for us. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, so that we may be cleansed and have forgiveness of our sins. You tell us in your word that if we confess our sins to you, you're faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. For that we give you praise. Bless this hymn as we sing. If there are those, Lord, who need to make a decision for you, give them the courage to do that today. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to stand together and sing hymn number... 668, hymn number 668. If the Lord has spoken to you, if you desire to pray at the altar, would welcome that and would welcome to talk with you about church membership, if that would be your desire. Let's stand and sing together.
flowers in the sanctuary this morning uh, are placed in memory of Mason Hayes McCulloch and in honor of Georgia Guthy and Molly and Maggie McCulloch by Granddaddy and Susu. Is that right? Let me also remind you that Wednesday night begins our Wednesday night uh, program with meals and activities for the children. And that will be at the picnic shelter. I was looking for Ellen. That's at the picnic shelter, right? Somebody? No? It's in the fellowship hall? Okay. All right. So what, uh, it's right then. It says FH. So the meal uh, will be in the fellowship hall. We'll have a prayer time there with everybody. And then we will split up. Uh, I will be leading Bible study. We've been talking about what it means to be a disciple. And prayer is certainly part of that. And so I will be leading that. And then next Wednesday, we'll begin our women's study. Women's study. Is that right, Sandy? And so uh, you can sign up for that and, and just be mindful of that. We're so glad you're here today. Before you leave, take a moment and shake someone's hand or say hello to someone that you haven't spoken to. And uh, let's uh, have our benediction. God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the way that you have met with us and challenged us. And so forth, God, lead us forth to be the light and your presence within our community. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.